0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Steph Boozenbark with Woods and Waters Project. This episode is all about bow hunting, progressing into mobile hunting, struggles from the last couple years, and why we keep coming back for more. This week's guest is Eric Haman, and he is the perfect person for this subject. He is one of the hosts of Working Class Bow Hunters podcast, one of my favorites that you guys absolutely have to check out. I have to apologize ahead of time. There is a little bit of an echo, as we did record this inside of an archery shop. Can't wait to introduce you to Eric. This is episode number fourteen, Working Class. I'm at Art and Sports with Eric Hoffman, one of the hosts of Working Class Bow Hunters. That's right. I've known Eric since I was probably fourteen or fifteen, but I don't really Walked know. Fuck a here. long time. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Just casually at bonfires.
2: And you dated one of my good friends in high school.
1: Oh, I did, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, I did.
2: I did. You forgot for I a did. second. Who <laughs> Yeah, I worked with Josh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I dated one of your friends That's in high funny. school for a Ooh. couple years. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I just thought maybe we were connected through, like, my family.
2: Through, yeah, or through, we through, school with. through Kyle and stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't really know you that well. No. Like, I just always thought you were really funny and...
2: I don't know about all that, yeah. but
1: I mean it's it's died down a little bit, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. as you get older, it dies down
2: a lot. <laughs> don't party as much as I used to, and but. your mullet
1: says otherwise, though.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it's rocking right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
2: was funny at the party. You were like, I did not expect to see that on you.
1: In pictures, it's not like as uh, pronounced. It looks like you just got some shaggy hair pushed back in your hat.
2: Well, I always wear a hat, so but most people like <laughs> just think I have long hair, but it's. And i just got it i just got it my hair cut right before the party too so i think
1: it's... i've heard the guys call it a skullet
2: well yeah i'm, I'm losing hair yeah. it's not a skull yet <laughs> like a skullet, you'd be totally bald on top i guess i'll have a little bit up there yeah so i put a hat on
1: yeah it looks good <laughs> with the hat on i like it yeah yeah it works but i i didn't um growing up or i didn't really realize that you were into hunting at all like I had no idea maybe that wasn't just like casual bonfire conversation right
2: and I didn't hunt as much growing up because it was always like my dad got me into hunting real young we pheasant hunted we duck hunted we deer hunted and then we fished a lot so like it was shotgun only so it was only two weekends out of the year that we and we had a cabin and everything that we went to and we'd spend you know both weekends of second season down there <clears throat> and it was just a blast because we had, like, 15 guys. And then afterwards, all the neighbors and stuff, because it's right next to Benson's, you know yeah. what Benson's is. So yeah. we, we hunted down there, and then Benson would come over, and everyone would just come over and drink and play cards. And it was – I look forward to it every year. It was a freaking blast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it's – are you, like, solely a bow hunter now, though?
2: Yep, yep. So once – when I was probably – Oh, I don't know, 17, 18, that property owner decided they're going to bow hunt and try and grow some deer on that property. So they're like, okay, we're, we're not going to shotgun hunt anymore. They were just going to bow hunt. So then I didn't hunt till probably from 07 to say 2013. I did. I mean, we still pheasant hunted and duck hunted, but. Deer hunting, I didn't do it at all I didn't have any property. So I was like, and I didn't know about all the public ground and all the stuff that I know now. And I'd never shot, shot a bow before, so I was working with Scott Schmidt, my good buddy. They actually got me into bow hunting. He's like, Hey, where we're we at the party? He's like, Buy a bow and you can come hunt my parents' place. I'm like, I don't know. I've never never shot a bow before. So I'm like, All right. And another guy in my department at, at deer was like. I got one, 125 bucks. Arrows, case, rest, sight, everything. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, it was a PSE something. I don't even remember what what model it was. But, so I buy that and I didn't go out that much. We would just, Scott, we would double hang some stands and Scott would go with me. And I shot a doe that year on his farm. And after that I was hooked. I was like, that was crazy. The deer comes in at I think she was at like 15 yards. Didn't even know we were there. You know, she I shot her, she ran 20 yards probably and piled up. I'm like, I was I lost it. I was shaking, crying a little bit. And I was like, this is fucking awesome, you know.
1: You never sh- like shook and cried like
2: that. No. That no, because no. before, you know, we pushed deer. So, you know, there's yeah. there's forty of them running by and you're just Shooting Lucky at him, yeah, at one, just yeah. lobbing lead at him, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was nothing. That personal, I would say. Right. So mm-hmm. that after that, I just got hooked. Went, I dove right into it. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I feel like I tell a lot of people that I warn them, like, cause I I teach archery, mm-hmm. so when. They start just picking up a bow. It's crazy how quickly people will start asking about bow hunting once they like get over that initial fear of just shooting the bow. Right. Even non-hunters, and I always warn them like, if you want to get into hunting in general, I think this might change your mind about other types of hunting. Oh yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. It's a totally different perspective. Well, you got. To, I mean, you know, before we'd stand behind a tree and you'd wait till they ran by. Now you got to think about so much more things when you're actually getting in the tree. Your wind, your scent. Which way the winds come in i mean there's so many different factors than just pushing deer and standing behind a tree and shooting at them when they come running by you know yeah it's crazy
1: yeah and what you're talking about like pushing deer, like shotgun season Yep. i've mentioned this before on episodes that like growing up in iowa my family a majority of them are outdoorsy to some extent mm-hmm. love hunting multiple types of hunting waterfowl pheasant you know whatever But outside of my family dynamic, like, the only time I'd really be mingling with other hunters, they seem to have been, yeah, like, I'm a hunter, and they just do shotgun season every year. Not that that makes you not a hunter. Right. It's just, like, I couldn't find this bond with other hunters because I'm like, that's it. Like, that's cool. Like, you have some big deer. Like, that's great. Right. But I just, I couldn't, like, hang on to that. Like, it didn't. Because did you
2: grow up shotgun hunting? yeah 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 and
1: i do everything but shotgun now right i do muzzleloader every year
2: that's what i'll i will go late muzzleloader if i don't have a buck down yet so i mean i don't go as much as i would bow hunting like oh i have a free weekend i'll just go out and see if i see anything yeah but it's not like bow hunting where i want to be out in a tree every night of bow hunting
1: yeah definitely and i It's not like one size fits all, like not all shotgun hunters are like this, but there's been a lot that I've, you know, interacted and met with that, like a deeper level, like that kind of deer camp talk about your experiences and how much you love the outdoors and some of that like deeper family memory stuff. Like, I don't know, there seems like there's like a disconnect and I think sometimes well, I, my feeling about bone hunting, it, like, slows me down a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more I have to think about. And it's
2: a stress reliever.
1: Yeah, definitely. It is.
2: Like, I'll tell my wife this. I'm like, I had a terrible day. I need to go to the tree. Like, that's going to totally hit the reset button, and I'll be fine after that. Yeah. I'll go sit in the tree, and I'm totally fine. And she thinks it's bizarre, but yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I get why people think it's bizarre until they do it. And oh, yeah. I think nine times out of ten, they, they get it. Once
2: they they get into it, into bow hunting, and then start going, they're like, "I totally see what you mean now."
1: Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. It is crazy. I went to the garage party for working class bow hunters on Saturday. Thank you for inviting me. Yep. It was a really cool group of people. You guys are something.
2: Yeah. (laughs) We know how to put on a party. Let's just say that. It was
1: really, it was really fun, and it was. it's a really cool community of people. It like is. I, I went by myself and didn't really know anyone besides you and interjected in conversation. Everyone was super cool and interesting to talk to. Yeah,
2: and we started that. This was our fifth annual, and we pretty much started that just because it's wintertime. There's nothing else going on. Let's get everyone together. It's after hunting season and bullshit. Tell stories. like It's kind of a deer camp type feel.
1: Yeah, and it was. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And... I think, you know, bow hunting is one of my absolute favorite things. And I, I, I'm like very multi-passionate, so I'm not like archery itself is something that I love and it's like mm-hmm. my medicine, but I'm really into turkey hunting and I have a couple Frog
2: turkeys, <laughs>
1: whatever, fuck turkeys, whatever. <laughs> it is my favorite.
2: We'll get into, we'll get into why I hate turkeys, okay. but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like, different segments of the hunting industry can kind of like hate on each other a little bit. Sure. And what I love the most about working bow hunter podcast is like you guys kind of in the most loving tactful, I don't know tactful is the right word, but like poke fun at everything and everybody and in this oh, like yeah kind of BS session and make light of stuff that people are so serious about. And it just makes for a good show. Like it's, I love it.
2: Well, you're going to have that in it. Any industry, you know, people bickering back and forth. Someone doesn't like this. Someone doesn't like that. And we're like, you know what? Fuck all that. Let's all get together and have fun. Like, yeah, we we make we poke fun at people or like the way people hunt or something, but we get it. You know, we're just out there trying to have fun, have a good conversation, and you know, and most people enjoy that shit. Yeah. Yeah, we have some people that get upset about it. But we're like, you know, it's all fun and games.
1: Right yeah i mean I, I don't get that like i don't think anything you guys say is it makes me laugh and it's oh, yeah. relatable
2: and, and that's how 95 percent of the people are yeah. that listen you know they yeah. get it
1: yeah and i think that's a misconception about there's misconceptions about different types of hunters in, you know oh yeah which, whichever category you want to choose but i think sometimes what i hear just from interacting with lots of different types of hunters and you know, on this podcast, like some of the stuff I want to talk about is, you know, I want to have BS sessions, learn some things, but also like kind of beat it away, beat away at some of those stereotypes. Like oh yeah. The people, I don't know. Like you, just do, you just gotta do it. Sometimes people think bow hunters are kind of like the, I don't know, like the cocky ones, right? Right. Yeah, and they I just do. Think you guys do a great job of like <clears throat> representing. I think women. I
2: think a lot of people understand it too because. We all grew up shotgun hunting. We still muzzleload hunt. We turkey hunt. We still use a gun every once in a while. So, like, we grew up doing it. So, that's why, like, we like to poke fun at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I do. That's exactly how I feel because bow hunting is takes up way more of my hunting time right. than anything else. Oh, for sure. But I love and respect all the other things.
2: Too. Oh, yeah. And you'll get, you'll get shotgun hunters. You'll get muzzleloader hunters that say, you know, I don't have time to bow hunt. That's fine.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm not pushing you to bow hunt. Yeah. I'm just saying, give it a try if you want. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and some people don't want to bow hunt. They have no interest in it, which is fine by me.
1: So, as far as, like, you guys have, like, a whole, like, hang and bang team.
2: Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: And, like, culture around you. And, I don't know if
2: i call it culture. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I would cu- – not probably not culture, but, like <laughs> – you know, a posse.
2: Yeah, we, oh, just, we just started that too, just to, you know, it's people all over the U.S. And us here in the Midwest, we just have whitetails. So we, we wanted to get that report from the people out west, the people out east that have the different species. And if we have to, we can say, hey, what's going on in your state right now? How's the weather? How's the hunting? Like, just see, because we have listeners all over the place. And we we mainly talk about Midwest hunting because that's where we're at. Right. So it's nice to see, okay, what's going on in Colorado, what's going on in Pennsylvania, you know, all over the U.S. Yeah. So that's kind of why we started that whole team.
1: No, I, I like it a lot. And I, I'm i looking at this, like, XOP stand that's sitting here at the the upstairs of r r right now. This is the one that I just bought for myself. I have this They're nice. stand. And I grew up hunting where – we had a lot of the permanent stands, right? My family didn't have land, but we had access to a lot of private land. permission. Right. My dad was, a de- you know, was, is a diesel mechanic. So he was in with all the farmers working sure. on their tractors. And, yep. you know, now we have permission to hunt their land around here, around the Quad Cities. So growing up, I was always with my dad. He always put the stands up or, you know, I would help, but it was never by myself. Right. He picked the spots. It wasn't really a matter of, I didn't really get to like ask him why he picked a spot right like if sure. i complained about a spot he'd be like pick your own damn spot yep. <laughs> next time yep uh i had to help him carry stuff in he didn't treat me like a princess or anything but it was something that we did together and that's why he did it because he knew from a young age i really wanted to do that with him and sure. he you know used it as a way to spend more time with me and, mm-hmm. and connect with me which is awesome and we still do that but as an adult and living on my own and you know there was a short period of time where i was working myself to death and i didn't have any time to do any hunting or anything been there. outside of work been there and so now i've thrown myself way in deep you know became a coach started a podcast doing all these events being a mentor now you're busiering now. Uh, yeah and i love it and i threw myself way in because i just have known for a really long time this is going to always be a part of my life and I had a few years where i was pretty miserable uh, but I bought a mobile setup and my dad gave me his old, like the older Lone Wolf sticks. Yeah. And he's like, okay, like wasn't the biggest fan of me going out solo, but this whole last year I went almost every weekend. Uh,
2: you got you got to do it. That's yeah. how you learn.
1: But I had some serious issues. A lot of, a lot of.
2: Learning. Why?
1: <laughs> uh, Connor Wakefield, who you know, would call it um, third stick problems. For me, so
2: third stick (laughs) problem. Yeah,
1: I'd be like putting my third climbing stick up in the tree every time the third stick, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it to like
2: to lock in to lock in. So I'd be. It's just like the other two,
1: right? It it didn't matter (laughs) which order. It was always the third one, and I had multiple days where I was like sweating to death,
2: frustrated,
1: like just like peeling my layers up in the tree. And I'm spending like way more time up there than I needed to be. And I would almost every time end up on the ground and just say, fuck it. Like I'm sitting here. (laughs) And so you guys, I listen to because my goal is to really master Midwest hunting. And then I want to go out West and out East and like physically be, like capable of doing that and figuring that terrain out but that i have to like i have to figure out how to just get my damn sticks in the tree right now
2: well say fuck that third one go too high what's wrong with that
1: i guess there's nothing wrong with that
2: it's better than sitting on the ground
1: think so yeah
2: cody dequisto ask him he hunts two sticks high 10 12 feet off the ground
1: Maybe that's what i need to do
2: I mean, that's what I would do. If you can't get to lock on, say fuck it and just hang the stand right there.
1: Well, I was trying the uh, buckle list method, which maybe was my first mistake.
2: Yeah, not- you got to start simple. <laughs> not tying all those super knots and doing all that garbage.
1: I did so good when I practiced. And then when I was in the real deal, it was like. Why, did you just get nervous or what? I don't It's not like no anyone was watching me, but that's I guess true. I did. You probably
2: looked like, is there anyone around here? Yeah,
1: because I, I only did. Um, I went back private a few times in the stands that I grew up sitting in but uh, around the rut but for the most part I went out to public land I've never been to and scouted Mm. it I got onyx maps for the first time loved the crap out of that and went solo and picked out my own spots and uh it was great I didn't didn't I don't have a deer to show for it this year oh yeah you'll have that my best seasons I've ever had
2: I haven't shot a buck in two years really yeah
1: See, I feel like that's like,
2: but I'm okay with it. Yeah.
1: I, you're going to be like, you're ridiculous. But so the whole social media game is pretty new for me. And I never have given a shit about like what trophies I have to show for my hunting. I just like enjoy hunting. I've always been like that. And I always, you know, say I'm a great hunter because I keep going, even if I get skunked or miss or fuck up, like, and I just keep going because I love it but when you start getting on social media and like I got on a pro staff and like I coach archery and stuff, right. you know, people were like, yep. where are your deer at? And right. Like, well, <laughs> and I do feel this like responsibility to show up, but it's probably ridiculous. Right? Like I don't need to do that.
2: No. I mean, that's why I tell everyone, like, I don't care the size of deer. If it was a nice mature whitetail four and a half years or older, I'm going to shoot the thing. Yeah. And you know, right away, if you see a buck coming in and your heart's beating like a motherfucker, you're, you know you're going to shoot that deer. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah.
2: And sometimes a buck will come in, you're like, man, eh, fuck that thing. Yep. I ain't shooting him. Yep. So, I mean, there is, and I think so many people get mixed up in that. They want, they have to go out and shoot 180 inch every year. You know what I'm saying? They got to shoot you know, a big oh, I deer.
1: I do. I do. Uh, i like, shoot you- I loved your last episode with uh, Trevor, Trevor mm-hmm. Schmidt. Yep. I related to that entire, entire episode. Uh, just him talking about his daughter, his family dynamic, how they grew up, like everything. Um, cause my, my dad never told me I had to shoot, you know, 150 or better, but all I saw was big deer on his wall. Right. I mean, you know, he liked to poke fun at me, like he was sure. competitive. Oh yeah. But I just thought I couldn't shoot anything less than awesome. So like years would go and he'd be like what'd you see and i'm like oh i saw this and he's like you pass that up like what the hell and i was you know it messed with me and for a long time i thought i had to shoot a, a trophy to oh be yeah worthy you know which is dumb like well like growing up I in my freezer really
2: growing up too my dad he's been hunting since he could start hunting and growing up we don't have a single deer on the wall at my parents house yeah he's never shot a buck he's been hunting his whole life yeah I mean he he stopped hunting once we lost that property and i think he would like to get back into it he just doesn't give a shit anymore i don't yeah. think yeah i wish he would but yeah it was mainly shoot a doe let's put some meat in the freezer and that's what it was yeah he wasn't worried about shooting bucks or shooting a big doe or whatever he's like as long as we put some food on the table we'll be good
1: yeah definitely i uh I don't care, right? Like, I don't care if other people shoot smaller or, or big deer. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, like, i It's I'm
2: awesome not, that they shoot a deer and they're excited about it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I have to work on getting out of my head a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to put in, like, my head, like, don't pass up a deer on the first day. You would shoot on the last day. That's, oh, for sure. That is, like, where my problem is.
2: And that's where, I, that's where I get myself in a fucking pickle every time. <laughs> because I've seen a lot of good deer this year that were just like, "Oh, it's too early. There might be a bigger one." Yeah. And then it and then didn't it didn't happen. Oh yeah. Or like
1: people oh, yeah. tell you about it or
2: like and last year, I, I guess or... I did shoot a buck last year, but it was a mule deer in Nebraska. But then uh I got married last year and we went on our honeymoon. Selling our house all and then we went on our honeymoon. And the lady that was going to buy our house called and backed out on buying the house. We're like a week from closing. So my wife throws a fit. We get home and I'm like, I need to go to a tree. Like, I'm going to go fucking bizarre if I don't. And this is October 7th. And late afternoon, I'm like, I probably won't see shit, but I just need to go. I get in there, sit down, 20 minutes, I'm still fiddle-fucking around, trying to get it. It was my first sit of the year, you know, so first time in the stand, getting everything situated, and uh, two does come screaming by, and I'm like, where in the fuck did they come from? They come running by, and then here comes a 165-inch buck chasing these two does, and he's up on top. He's 20 yards away, but he's up top on the hill through the trees, and I can see him just stand there, and he will not come down because the does are, they already went by. They're like 20 yards from me now, Yeah. the opposite direction. And this was the craziest thing ever. He does like, he starts spinning, he spins around like eight times and takes back off the other way, full bore. And I got my bow in my hand, you know, and I'm like, oh, he's coming, he's coming. And uh, he goes back the other way and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And the does are totally calm. They start feeding right in front of me. All of a sudden, both of them lift their heads up, and they're looking back the other way. I'm like, oh, shit. I grab my bow, and I can see him. He's hauling ass again back towards me, comes down the hill, and I'm draw back, and I'm like, meh,
1: meh, meh, meh.
2: And finally, he stops, and he's quartering away hard. I'm like, fuck it. I got to do it. Let one loose." I thought I made a good shot. You know, I call it, every time I shoot a deer, I call Doug Schmidt, and I was like, hey, I think I just shot a giant he's like, oh, tell me what happened, tell me what happened. He gets all excited, too. So I explain the story. And I don't have an arrow. I don't have anything. And I find, like, every 15 feet, one drop of blood, one drop of blood. And I was like, I got to back out because I don't have good blood at all. So I call him, like, hey, I'm backing out. Let's go in the morning and look for him because it's on a Friday. And I get home. I tell my wife what happened, and she's like, I'm going to go to bed. And she looks straight at me. She goes... You're not going to sleep tonight, are you? I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not sleeping. So I think it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I called Doug. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm playing video games. I'm like, let's go look for this deer. Because by this time, it's been like six hours. So we're like, oh, it should be good. So we get there, and I I always have extra arrows. So I stick an arrow on the ground where my last blood was just so I can go back to that spot and find it right away. So we get there and he, the the buck ran into the thickest shit possible. So I'm like, all right, Doug, go in there. So he's on his hands and knees looking for blood. I'm like, I'm going to go to the field edge and see if I can't see anything. So I get to the field edge and about 30 yards down, he's just spraying all over the corn. I'm like, okay, good, good blood. And then the next field over is beans and he hit our fence line. And follow the fence line in between the corn and the beans all the way down it. <clears throat> but he's jumping back, he's jumping over the fence back and forth, and finally there's one patch of trees right in the middle of the fence line, and I had I shoot lighted knocks so we could see it, we could see the arrow, yeah. and I'm like oh shit he's gotta be laying there. We get up to him or up to the to the arrow, giant pile of blood, no deer nothing nothing so we're like we're searching we're in the corn searching corn rows we're in the beans and we can't find a single drop of blood after that so i'm like all right let's come back in the morning regroup and myself doug my dad my nephew and my wife went out and we could not locate that deer we couldn't find any more blood we're out there for like six hours looking for this thing and he never showed up so never had a picture of him this year so i don't know if he made it or not? Oh, that sucks. It was terrible. That sucks really bad. Yeah, but like, I kept going, yeah. and I hunted hard the rest of the year, and yeah. it just didn't happen after that. But that's hunting. Yeah, yeah. So I mean,
1: killing.
2: Yeah. All right. So yeah. last year was a rough year. So was this year, kind of. But it wasn't. I missed one this year. Probably a hundred. I don't know, 150 inch, 10. He was chasing a doe, and they were up on a huge ridge, and she comes straight down, but kind of angling down the ridge and running away from me. Like there's no way he's gonna come this way. So I, I grab my grunt tube and give him a few little grunts. He didn't hear, it and I just, Rawr. and he looks right at me, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> I'm trying not to move. And wind in my face, and he's circling around, and he's trying to get downwind from me to see what it is. And I have one shooting lane to my, to my left, and I was like, if he comes, I can see the path he's walking. I'm like, okay, it's going to be a 50-yard shot. No-brainer. He gets to that spot. I draw back. Stop him. And it was like slow motion. I let that arrow go, and I could see it going. Oh, yeah. And there's one of those tiny little twigs sticking out. And it hits it and goes right below his belly i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me right now <laughs> and he runs he still circles around behind me and i can't see him and i like poke my head around the tree to try and look for him and he's standing there staring right at me <laughs> and as soon as he sees me he takes off like a bat out of hell so it was it was quite the journey this year also yeah but that happens
1: yeah, it does happen. I can't wait till like it doesn't always happen though for me. It feels like it kind of always happens. Right. But I feel like I, I said this at the garage party to somebody. I feel like I'm coming out of retirement because I spend so much of my life hunting all the time. Mm-hmm. And then just that gap of a few years, I feel like there's, I don't know, I feel like I woke into a different world where people are talking about public land. All the time yeah social media has kind of taken over hunting i think i was asleep for a little bit I know, <clears throat> like, no yeah like the information out there uh you know i just started learning a podcast
0: learning uh, about podcasts and listening to them right around that
1: time sure and i was like holy shit like this is awesome like i know some people have different feelings about social media and, and youtube and podcasts right what they do but i think it's a great tool and i think it gets me jacked up because i I, there's so many outlets to learn and also share what you do and because of like your podcast and a few others that i listen to uh some youtube some youtube stuff and just like seeing what other people are doing i'm like i can do that oh yeah like
2: i can do this and with podcasts now they're so huge i mean whatever you're into i mean there is a podcast on everything now yeah everything because like when we started right Right. when we started it Kurt called me up. He's like, hey, you want to start a podcast with me and Steve? I'm like, sure, what the fuck's a podcast? (laughs) I didn't even know what one was back, you know, five years ago. I had no idea. Yeah. So it's, it's been for five years, it's been quite the journey. I never thought that we'd take it this far to where we're at now, but after a while, it just kind of exploded, and everyone's like, at these deer classic and stuff, like they wanted our signature. And like, I can't believe we're meeting you guys. I'm like, Why? We're just a bunch of idiots from Iowa, you know? So, I mean, it's been real fun.
1: It's so good. And I think that, I mean, there's a lot of really good hunting podcasts that um, I've been listening to, but I feel like I always, like, when I do listen to podcasts, because I do uh, go back and forth, because with everything that I'm doing, I'm sure you can relate to this too, like, it's really easy to get sucked into like what other people are doing and sure. like, compare yourself so I do try to find a balance between like listening to it because I enjoy the shit out of it and also like staying in my lane and right not getting too like stuck in what other people are doing so then I overthink what I'm doing yeah uh because you know we were talking before I hit record uh today just about
0: you know I'm only a, a dozen episodes deep and I'm still sure. figuring out the
1: te- technicalities oh, yeah. of all of this and I know this is new for you, like my setup and the mics. <laughs> That's
2: all right. We started somewhere, you gotta start somewhere, you know.
1: <laughs> but yeah, figuring this all out. And I think there's a lot of people listening that a lot of people I've had on the podcast so far have been photographers, um, self filmer like mm-hmm. they film, do YouTube videos, they have podcasts, they're content creators
0: and sure. all outdoor related. Yeah. And I think there's
1: like a big calling for that.
2: And just in the five years that that we've been doing a podcast so many more have popped up because i think when we started there was only a handful of hunting podcasts and <clears throat> now there's probably hundreds oh yeah there i mean they're every every oh, yeah. it seems like every day there's a new one popping up somewhere which is awesome yeah. i mean cause everyone has their own style and what they're into and it might be a little bit different but
1: well and it's crazy how even someone who's like involved as involved as, as you or i or anybody else um you know we're we are in that world. We are looking for those people connecting and networking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Sure. I had just the other day, like someone like, oh, did you check out so-and-so's podcast? They're huge. And like, they are, they are huge. And they're in the same town as me. And I have no idea who they are. Right. Like, how the hell does this happen? Right. Like, they have tens of thousands of, you know, listeners. And we run in the same, we're probably related, you know. Right. And around here. But like, it's just, how did I not even know about this guy? And there's just, there's stuff like that popping up all the time. I'm
2: all like, the time. It's insane. I can't even keep up with it anymore. And to be honest with you, I don't listen to a lot of hunting podcasts.
1: I, I only listen to. Um, I do listen to. I can't. Well, now I'm gonna fuck it up. So I listen to Wired to Hunt, and I listen to you guys. And I do listen to. Uh, Meat Eater has like a spinoff with Cal, like mm-hmm. the, yep. his podcast. It's like goes off in these weird tangents, but it's a little bit more conservation, like sure. public knowledge kind of stuff. But outside of that. Uh, where to hunt publicly challenged is really good uh, he's newer i really like his because it's all i mean it's all about public hunting which is right
2: knowledge is power i suppose but i don't have time to listen to everyone i don't I either try. well i mean i listen to a lot of podcasts because i'm a welder so i sit there underneath the hood all day and put yeah. headphones in and yeah. but i listen to mostly like comedy podcasts yeah like i don't i mean yes i love hunting but it's like I need a break from it every once in a while, and that's kind of my break is I'll listen to yeah, something different.
1: Totally, the first podcast I ever listened to ever was, uh, and I'm hoping that I can get them on my podcast someday. It's just like a giant, like thank you for waking me up a little bit. Right. Was Dirtbag Diaries, and it's all about the outdoors, but it has no hunting though, which is what um, it's all about—like rock climbing, kayaking, hiking, which sure. is a whole other like side of me.
0: Right. That you know, with Woods and Waters Project,
1: I wanted to merge those two worlds together because right. I think they are a lot more interchangeable than they're not. But there's, like, the stereotypes. <coughs> uh, but it was, like, such an escape. I worked a sales job where I supported half the state of Iowa, so I was just go on these super long drives yep. and listen to stories about uh, a girl who worked behind a desk who all of a sudden became, like, a boat captain in, the, in like, Antarctic and, like, someone who... Uh, is disabled who became a rock climber and, like, stuff like this. And am like, oh, my God, this is so badass. It's
2: crazy, like, oh ain't it? People. Right, right.
1: Totally
2: insane. And that's what I'm nice about podcasts, too, is because you can only listen to music so much.
1: Right, yeah.
2: And after a while, it get told, you're like, okay, I listen to the same four artists all day long, <laughs> and it's like, God damn it, I need something different. <laughs> so you want to get into turkeys? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Let's get into turkeys Why do you
2: hate that? I fucking hate turkeys. So... <laughs> Doug Schmidt, <laughs> probably my best friend, loves killing turkeys. He goes out, he'll go out, sit an hour, kill a turkey. So the last, like, four years, I think, he's like, all right, I'm going to kill my turkey, then we're going to get you a turkey. I'm like, okay. I still haven't killed one. And he he's calling.
1: You can't hate them because
2: you haven't killed one. No. Listen. <laughs> he's calling for me. He's doing all the hard work. And, like, running the decoys, doing all this shit. And I'm like, I'm just there to shoot it. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> and last year, we hunted one of my pieces. And this, there's two toms. And they would not, he was calling, and they come running in and would not cross the fence. And he's like, what the fuck? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about turkeys. Would not cross the fence, so then they We're sitting on a fence line and they cross the fence behind us and they walk five feet behind us on the other side of the fence. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm over it. I'm leaving. (laughs) So then a few weeks go by and then uh, we go out to Doug's parents farm and there's turkeys out there like crazy. And we have 12 toms strutting in the field. At one time.
1: So, what's the problem?
2: They wouldn't come in. (laughs) (laughs) They would not come in. The one comes walking right down the fence line. He's going to walk right in front of us. He gets like 30 yards from us, swoops out to about 50 yards, and then comes back. Yeah. Yeah. And comes back to the fence line and keeps walking down it. Like, just totally avoided us. Like the plague. And that's how it is every year. So, I'm like, fuck turkeys. I hate them. You were in the spring. Uh yeah. yeah, yep. So that's my hunt story or if my turkey you story.
1: Like you need to go back out and
2: try Oh, I'll still try. I just <laughs> I still fucking hate them. <laughs> I tell everyone that like they'll tell me a turkey story. I'm like to be honest with you, I don't fucking care because I hate turkeys. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Are you gonna still hate them even if you shoot one? Probably yeah. I don't
1: know. I think you will
2: change your mind. I think I might shoot one and that, that might be the end of it.
1: I don't think
2: so. I don't know, maybe.
1: I'm working on my grand slam. I should, I'm, I say it all the time so I can just hold myself accountable to it for turkeys. That's like
2: Which one do you just have one now?
1: So, I have a few easterns right just from, you know, years of hunting and then uh, with my shotgun. So, this year I'm only doing bow in Iowa. And then I'm going to go to Nebraska this year to shoot a Yeah, I'll probably take my shotgun because I would like to get the Grand Slam, all, three, all four uh, turkeys with both, both my shotgun.
2: Shotgun and, and, a, a, bow. and
1: a bow. So I'm going to chase them. So I'll try to get one for the first time with a bow in Iowa this year. And then
2: Oop, shotgun Nebraska. Me. Maybe. Are you going to public ground out there yeah. in Nebraska? Yeah. There's a lot of, we went when we went out mule deer hunting, I mean, there's just turkeys everywhere out there. The, our, the guy that <coughs> ran the outfitter, he showed us this video. I bet you there was 150 turkeys crossing the road one time. I mean, they are freaking thick out there. I think
1: there. the population is the highest in Nebraska right now. I think, you can, I think you can take three.
2: Oh, no shit? Yeah. Like, they have the highest population at any yeah, state? right now.
1: Hm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true. Because they have Merriam's and Easterns. Yeah. And I think
2: um Don't cool. quote
1: me on this, but I think you can. I'm pretty positive you can take three, and I don't think it matters whether it's Miriam's or Eastern's. Like, I think you can take
2: three, even out of state. Yeah, I think so. Oh shit!
1: I, get it. I still ain't going out there to kill a yeah. turkey. Fuck
2: that. <laughs> Fuck that. Looks like. Fuck that. For a second, maybe. Well, we because we get invited to Kansas every year. Yeah. To go out, yeah, we have an outfitter out there, and like they just like. Or starting the season come down you guys can kill turkeys and i'm like nah i ain't going i'm not going fuck that you need an outfitter? yeah i'm like i'm not spending a week vacation to go out there to try and kill a dumbass turkey yeah
1: it, uh, it is still expensive with an outfitter to go turkey. Hunting. oh i'm sure it is it's, it's kind of crazy
2: and we met these guys just through trade shows and stuff because they were in the booth next to us and they yeah. were just like us yeah you know drinking beer having a good time so they're like yeah. oh you guys got to come out so they invited I think it was two years ago the guys went out for the first time and then they went again last year and i'm like i have no interest to go out there and kill a turkey still want to do it
1: i get i get that yeah <laughs> it doesn't like make everyone's uh blood boil but it just gets me for some reason i don't know I the does. first turkey i ever shot was a bearded hen on accident and i just like was in southern iowa and she had a 8-inch beard and you know, it was an accident and told the DNR, you know, I hadn't, I really, you know, had no idea that it right. was a Tom. Um, and I just thought that was cool as shit and the experience was so cool. And then I, I just got hooked after that.
2: Yeah, but you can shoot them, right?
1: Bearded hens? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that you can. You might be able to I think you that. can. I don't think at the time that you can. I don't think oh.
2: You could. See, I don't know anything about turkeys. They're fucking stupid. Obviously they're not. <laughs> <laughs> sure, they're really smart. <laughs> That's what everyone tells you. Like, I think you're just bad fucking luck. <laughs> I think you might be right. It's
1: like the like, I mean, I don't know if you flirt with them hard enough.
2: They, they don't, they're not gonna come over. No, no, not when I'm hunting. <laughs> Doug tries. To air, he's got like, he'll be in there with like six different calls, you know, and he's trying everything in his, yeah. in his arsenal to get a turkey to come in, and they just won't do it.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to. I've been. It's I bizarre. With just my, like, just my mouth, no diaphragm, calling right. My mouth. Uh, that, that would be, that's my second part of my goal is to call them in with no call. Stupid. You know?
2: It's not bad. It's not bad. I it mean, I mean,
1: okay. <laughs> that's not my best. I plan. don't know how
2: to turkey call, but yeah. it sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any, like, any hunts that are on your bucket list or coming up? Bucket list, for sure. I would like to get out, out west and kill an elk and a moose someday. But really, like, they're not really bucket. I Like, I'm so into whitetails. Like, if I didn't go out and shoot an elk, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. Like, I love shooting whitetails. Yeah. So if I had to stay in Iowa the rest of my life and shoot whitetails, I'd do it in a heartbeat.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I definitely we- want to shoot a moose. That is, like, top.
2: And we, when we went on that mule deer hunt, we had we went with Respect the Game and the Virtue TV. So <clears throat> they gave us a good deal because we had so many people going, and it was on the Sportsman Channel and stuff. And I looked like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I grew my beard out for like six months, then cut into chaps, and it was on it was on the Outdoor Channel. <laughs> I feel
1: like we need. Sometimes I feel like we need video with podcasts, just so people can like see my expression. Oh,
2: they're they're fun. They're video podcasts. We don't do it very often, but when we do? We have a fucking blast doing it.
1: Do you guys, yeah. Do you, do you have it on YouTube? Yeah. As well. Yep. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. I think that says something that you're so addicted to like white tails that that's, if you're cool with that for the rest of your life. I'm cool with that. That's awesome. I feel like I'm always a little bit uh, unsatisfied. (laughs) Right. So I think that's, that's
2: super cool. And no getting wrong, I had a fucking blast. I would go shoot a muley again because they're just such a weird deer that, yeah. you know, they just hop around and they're, and you're not, you're spotting stalking them. Yeah, they're a little you're, more elusive, right? Yeah, you're not in a tree or anything, so you're walking around all day trying to find them. Right. And it was just, it was a real cool experience because I've never done the spot and stalk, you know. Around here, we just sit in a tree. Yeah. And, like, our guide was like, fuck whitetails, he hates them. And they have both there because out in Nebraska, it's a deer tag. So you can shoot a whitetail or a muley with your tag. Gotcha. He's like, what well, do you want to shoot? Whitetails or muleys?" I'm like, I want to shoot a muley." He's like, all right. And I miss a giant out there also. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> but which is all on respect, the game and the virtue. Everyone can go see that. Um, but yeah, he doesn't whitetail hunt. He's like, I can't stand to sit in a tree for 10 minutes. He just, Too yeah, he just yeah. He just loves chasing mealies.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. Like, I actually, I I'm a pretty like always. My head is always going, and I'm always doing something. But sitting in a tree stand is one of the most like calming times.
2: Oh, it's relaxing as hell. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but but like even transitioning into more of the mobile hunting, like I do. Even though it was frustrating, and I swore a lot, and I was really sweaty, and I did longer walks than, you know, my, my dad is a hell of a hunter. My family has a lot of great hunters, but they are a little bit, you know, uh, <laughs> you're listening. Sorry. <laughs> a little lazy, right? Like if they can put it in a convenient spot, they're going to put it in a
2: convenient right, spot. Right. Right.
1: Like if, if We've,
2: yeah, We've all done it. We've all done it.
1: For sure. And I am trying to learn to appreciate the suck and go in a little further. Oh yeah. Test my limits and, uh I've gotten way more into like lifting and working out because of hunting which actually has made me really consistent because I do it for hunting right or right like to look a certain way or anything and it makes me like love the whole process even more like it makes me more obsessed but I can see like the stocking of a mule deer like where that would be because even just the mobile hunting it, it's so much more aggressive than
0: sure
2: I mean the mobile hunting too to get into that like I don't hunt public ground. I'm kind of like your dad. I worked for, I was laid off during harvest every year. So I'd go help a farmer and they have 12,000 acres. So I helped them for five years. And now they're like, yeah, you can have, you can hunt whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So I got lucky in that aspect. So I don't have to hunt public ground. I have hunted public ground one season and only because I seen a giant crossing the road there. So I'm like, I gotta get in there. (laughs) And that was the only, I, I think I hunted that stand like three times. Didn't see a fucking thing. But because I got so frustrated because you have guys coming and duck hunting or pheasant hunting yeah. or a yeah. guy walking through or whatever else. But
1: yeah, I did have some bad experience that really sucked. Like as someone who loves waterfowl and I love pheasant hunting, I love turkey hunting. And I'm thinking, all oh, the hunters are my people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the edge of this like tall grass on some public land that I know no one deer hunts. Like everyone pheasant hunting in mm-hmm. some great like waterfowl like areas but no one deer hunts it and i had it was the first place i scouted and i was standing out in the middle of this field i even had i had a buck bust across uh a farm and i like was watching it just run straight
0: towards me i'm like it's not it doesn't me. like i mean 300 shot well I, it wasn't even season yet oh scouting. And, um,
1: <laughs> and i was standing there and this i mean he was he was decent like i mean End of the season, I would have shot him, kind of thing. And he's just coming straight at me, and I'm like, "Man, he's just like I'm, just like running towards me." Hops the fence, probably gets like maybe, maybe 15 yards in front of me, and just like, you know, and like, like,
2: just stop. He finally bad. seen Bugs you, and out, right? Like,
1: way he came, and uh, there were some decent rubs out there, and not a ton of timber, but uh a lot of food and like water right and like no one de- and like no one deer hunts it and it butts up to these two farms and i, s- I sat on the edge of that grass and i had pheasant hunters I, you know i like waved at them like let them know i was there and they still like
2: walked through and like just didn't through. give a, walked, a shit didn't give a shit I'm yeah like, what
1: if a pheasant was going to kick up right here where i'm sitting? right like no, start just, blast blasting at you dead in the eyes and then just kept working towards me and i'm like okay well,
2: it's which that's I mean, be respectful. You know, if you, if you see someone in there, because a lot of people they'll put a like a map on their on their car and be like, "Hey, I'm right here. That's where yeah. I'm at." You know, yeah. which is a good idea because then they at least they know where you're at. And if they do walk by, you know, they're just an asshole or something. You know. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to na- figure out how to navigate all of that. Like, that's a totally, you know, the ethics and, like, courtesy stuff. Um, right. Without being taken advantage of. Sure. So, that's to be continued because I, I don't think I have that all figured out yet.
2: <laughs> You'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Just, like, your words of wisdom for anybody that would want to,
2: like, get into bow hunting for the first time. Words of wisdom? Words of wisdom, yeah. I would say, because, like, what I do is if someone a buddy messaged me or whatever and says, hey, I think I want to get into archery or bow hunting. And I'll be like, hey, come over, shoot my bow. Meet me at R&R, we can have one set up for you. You know, just try it before you go out and spend crazy amounts of money on it, you know? Yes. Because maybe you want to get into it and you go shoot a bow and you absolutely hate it. You didn't go spend all that money on it, you know? Most archery shops will set up a bow for you and your draw length, like if a buddy's close to my draw length I'm like come over to my bow I don't care yeah try it yeah which I love when they do that because I'd rather I like to see buddies get into hunting and then <clears throat> you know they message me oh where should I put my stand what should I do I'm like I'm gonna tell you what how I learned just go out and put a stand up yeah you're gonna figure it out eventually yeah like I had I had people teaching me and helping me but most of it was Oh, that's a nice tree. I think I'll put a stand in it. Yeah, and didn't I see a fucking deer, you know. We were
1: talking about uh, giving one of the guys a hard time for sucking it backing up a trailer. And I, you, you were talking about when your dad had you back a boat onto oh, the boat yeah. the first time. That he just stood there.
2: Just stood there and he goes, <laughs> figure it out. And there's like 15 boats waiting to get in the water, you know. I think I was like 14, you know. I have my learner's permit and he jumps out and goes, figure it out. <laughs> so that's how I. I mean, that's did
1: ever, how. Did you figure it out that day?
2: Well, I mean, I got the boat in the water. Yeah, okay. It took me about twenty minutes, but yeah. but that's how my old man is. He's like, well, you'll figure it out. If you have to sit here all day, you're gonna figure it out eventually. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I. I can I mean, I kind of love that. I mean, I mean, bow hunting's <laughs> a little hard to do that sometimes, I guess. But something I've told people is if they are interested in hunting in general, but they don't want to like upfront invest in it, you can actually just like go sit and like watch, like animal movement, like look for sign, like get that down see if you even enjoy it. Like right. If you get any sort of adrenaline seeing something,
0: get that figured out. You could sit there. You don't even have to have anything.
2: And what's nice about Iowa too is obviously you have to have your hunter safety course and all that to go hunting, but they have, I'm going to butcher this.
1: Oh, like the temporary
2: yeah it's hunting. like apprentice program yeah. it's not it's a not, pro- it's, apprentice, yeah, that's what I, I think it's
1: called an apprentice hunter yeah,
2: right? yeah. take a friend hunting or whatever yeah. so like they can actually buy a tag yes. and a license without the hunter safety course and as long as you're with someone that has a license you can go kill a deer yeah which is i think is a i think they implemented that a few years ago which i think is awesome
1: yeah i agree i agree i think just from the organizations that I'm involved in, and just the really putting myself back into this community. I think one of the things that's missing, uh, and you know, not clean, sweet missing, but we need more of our mentors that are mm-hmm. willing to take the time out of their yeah. own hunting season, you know, be able to sit with someone and maybe see them shoot an animal that they maybe wanted to shoot oh, yeah, and like let some of that go. Uh, I think that's needed more than anything. There's a lot of mentor hunts that I've worked with or classes I've done, and there are a ton of people in general um, that want to get into this. We just right. kind of need more
2: support. And- well, and I think a lot of people don't want to get into it because they don't have the knowledge on it, right. and like
1: they don't want to look like a fool. Yeah, I've
2: had people message me, "Hey, I want to I want to bow hunt this year." I'm like, "Well, do you have your hunter safety course?" I'm like, no. I'm like, well, you, you have to get that first. Yeah. Or else I'll I'll take anyone out if they want to go. I'll take them. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Which is awesome. And there's a lot of schools in Iowa now that are making the hunter safety course mandatory to take. Yeah. In the school, which yeah. is I think is awesome.
1: I do Because even if they don't want I mean, even if they don't want to ever do it or use it, like at least they know what it's about. Right. There's I can I can understand from an outsider's perspective if you didn't grow up hunting or not if you weren't exposed to it, how it just like seems like a bunch of people killing animals like for sport and taking a picture with it. Like, I get, I get that perspective. Um, and there are, is some of that.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Whatever hunter you're
1: introduced to for the first time might set the tone for look at it the rest of your life. But I love that.
2: Well, and that, and you know, that's where the social media thing comes back in is where these new hunters get in and they have to think they have to go out and shoot a 160 inch deer and they're passing deer and stuff. I'm like, shoot whatever, you know, if it gets you excited shoot it
1: yeah seth porter uh i like to use his words a lot because he
2: was like whatever makes you pee hot like that's what All right you're yep <laughs> yep
1: don't worry about yeah. anybody
2: else yeah don't worry about what other people think or what other people say just go out and have fun
1: yeah definitely and if it's like so many people are doing it to spend time with their family or to put food in their freezer or Just to be like outdoors, it doesn't have to be. I I think rarely is it about like
0: a trophy. Sure. In general. Mm -hmm. I think you get to a certain point where, yeah. Now it's about
1: like the horns, I guess, a little bit. Right. Antlers. Yeah.
2: Horned or hollow. I
1: know. It's (laughs) It's just something people say. Horned or hollow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. They're not sheep. I wasn't going to say (laughs) that. Okay, well. I do edit my. So, I'm just gonna edit this part right out. <laughs> edit it out.
2: <laughs> it's a totally different tone. Put antler in there. Yeah, antler. <laughs> just beep
1: it out. Right. That's
2: funny. That is funny. Yeah. So, well, um, I appreciate you. Yeah.
1: Thank you for uh, meeting me here and yeah. doing this. Yeah. And everybody, check out Working Class Bow Hunters. It's Yeah.
2: It's All social media. I mean, just you can Google it and it'll come up on our website or Facebook, Instagram. I think we might have Twitter.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't do the whole Twitter, Twitter thing. I, I don't either. Yeah.
2: Sweet. Yeah. So look it up there. What was that? Look us up there.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the show today. Getting to know Eric. Eric, appreciate the hell out of you for being on the show and giving us your words of wisdom and your experiences. Like I said before, check out Working Class Bow Hunters Podcast. It's awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Please drop us a review, ask questions. Do you want to know more on the subject of bow hunting? Do you have a completely different perspective? Let's talk about it. I'm up for all the ideas. As always, until next time.